Hello, and welcome to another edition of No Lies Paranormal Podcast, where three nerdy paranormal investigators sit down and discuss spooky stories from the web. My name is Joe. I'm the lead investigator. My name is Teresa. I am the historian. I am Alex. I am the equipment center upper. You know, I realize sometimes I say historian and sometimes I say researcher. I wonder which it is. It may be both. I don't know. Is there a term that, that sort of combines those? Historian. Just historian. <laughs> Librarian. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the no. bitch that looks shit up. No, she's the one that goes, shh. Yeah. <laughs> While pushing my glasses up further on my nose. When you, when you read a funny thing from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> I love Calvin and Hobbes. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, um, today we are on, I God, what is this, episode 36, 7, 8? 30 something. 30, God only knows. 40 something? 30 I, something? I don't know. God. Point of the story is we're talking about the great state of Louisiana today, the Pelican State. Oh, the state with um, so much legend and lore, it's ridiculous. Episode 40. 40. 40. Mm-hmm. I like 40. Mm-hmm. Close to our age. I'm getting there. <laughs> getting closer. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we're doing Louisiana this week. Um, yeah, it, it, like I was telling these guys earlier, really interesting state. The only problem is finding a story that not everyone knows because everybody knows Louisiana is yeah. the haunted state. So, it everybody knows all the stories. Haunted capital of the U.S., I would yeah. venture to say. Mm-hmm. No, well, it is. I mean,. It's if not, it's up there. It's pretty close. I mean, right up there with like Atlanta and it's, Savannah. It's definitely like the Halloweeny type stage. Sure, right? sure. I, more so than like maybe the haunted, because the haunted I mean, is like too direct of a spectrum for Louisiana. He's got well, everything. <clears throat> Sorry, I, Bert. It's gonna happen. Yeah, uh, I think it's it. Back in the day, it was very the most haunted town in America, the most haunted city in America. Well, but I mean, since the advent of yeah. Anne Rice and all the other things that have come along with it, since people have kind of taken notice of it, I think it's become a little bit more commercialized now. Well, I mean, it's I do kind of a legendary I, state. Really. It really is. It really is. But long, long before Mrs. Rice put her two cents into like the Vampire Chronicles and right. you know the the witches and the Mayfair witches and whatnot, uh, Louisiana has long been known for things like vampires and witches and voodoo priestesses. Yes, but only um, to the people there. True, true. But then of course, uh, you know, her influence uh, with you know popular culture obviously skyrocketed all of that into oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah. national headlines. And it's still so, one of my favorite series of books. Yes, and R.I.P. because man, I I really loved her. She died? You didn't know that? No. Oh hell, honey, she passed away it's been almost a year. Swear to goodness. Hold on, I won't look that up. Continue. Everybody goes to Google now. <laughs> yeah, her son. God, I can't get my story. Uh, she passed away December 11th of 2021, so it's been way more than a year. So huh. I was way wrong. Yeah, her son Christopher ah. took over her fan page, and he's he he's sort of keeping it alive, you know. Right. Well, that was um, when I was in my fog of shit, so yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Fair. But yeah, it was. It's it's awful. It's awful, and we miss her. I I would say she is. The queen of a well-written story about yeah. vampires or witches. So, Louisiana. Yeah. So, fun fact about Louisiana is uh, outside of the original 13 colonies, Louisiana is like one of the oldest states in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And see, those are always misleading. Because Ohio is technically the first Western state mm. in the U.S. So, it, a little bit misleading, but I get where you're going with it. Yeah. Uh, there is a project that we saw on television not all that long ago where they were doing... Uh, it was paranormal, well-known, popular paranormal investigators who had gone down to uh, different parishes in Louisiana to work hand-in-hand uh, -hand with, with the police, like actual police, um, to investigate hauntings and go to <coughs> houses where you know people have called uh, the Louisiana PD over. Oh you know, yeah, that's that. Uh, sounds what is that? Like that Nick Groff guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, very cool show. The one about the whole okay. town that was yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it sparked that. off with just like one town, and then all of a sudden they they started doing this this whole series. Well, I know they like did multiple a parishes. second town, which was that Louisiana too, mm -hmm. or was that? A well, they've done several, but all the new ones are in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I know there was that weird spinoff that was kind of on the same front but it was that one like in Colorado I or don't something? believe it, yeah. it was not the same the same people it was not the same investigators no but I think um, it was the same producers is what it was you're talking the one about the ghost town the, the western ghost town no. that they oh okay no there was the one in uh, I think it was Colorado interesting I don't remember that one right off but there's so many so many good shows to watch out there Discovery Plus ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah go go <laughs> I still like the alligator hunters I mean, they're pretty cool too, actually. Swamp people. Swamp people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mountain monsters. Yeah. That's monsters. that's my jam were right they there. From, were they originally from Louisiana? No, no, no. no. They're uh, West Virginians. So yeah, that's what. Okay. They're from the Appalachia. Appalachia. I love those boys. <laughs> yeah, I do know that show. You want some good white trash TV? That's what that's it right, right there. Bunch of hillbillies running around <laughs> in the woods with shotguns. God, I love those guys. <laughs> Uh, I, I loved it. Just let me get this out of all Go for it. I love it because, as we've said on the podcast before, if you go in to do something fake and set it up, some things have a weird way of coming true. Right. And we watched many an episodes where they, you could tell it was staged, it was all this, and then something happened that scared the ever-living shit out of those oh guys. Oh, God. Oh, it's so <laughs> It was hilarious each and every time it happened. I've seen plenty of things where I've watched their uh, shows, and like they're looking for one thing, and I'm like, that just happened. Yeah, did you yeah. just see that? <laughs> yeah. And, like, they don't even look that direction. Like, nothing's going on. Right. Like, none yeah. of the cameramen are like... Uh, what's that? <laughs> who, who were clearly recording it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's another one. R.I.P. John John Tice, Strapper. Um, yeah. Phenomenal lead man for that team. Uh, <laughs> certainly going to miss his, his crazy shenanigans. Well, so... Due to the fact there's a big lack of news this week because there's not much going on not other than like uh, Madison and I have I have one one little tiny bit of news and it could be um, happening very very soon. So I have been communicating back and forth um, with a a very a very well known paranormal investigator um, who uh, was the star of Ghost Hunters International for a very mm. very long time. Uh, Rob Demarest, I've I've been talking to him, and it looks like um, I'm not exactly positive which one of our shows he's going to do, but he is actually has agreed to come onto the show and um, do an episode with us. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. I like it, that. It's it's not going to be standard interview style because you know I mean 
I don't care what he had for breakfast, and I don't care what his favorite color is. I want to know a little bit about about his ghost stories, you know? Yeah, we don't do that. We're not a standard interview. To- all right, let's, let's face the facts, all right? Once the, uh, you know, stories are out of the way and it devolves into a conversation, Dan, there's probably going to be some questions that come up, all right? Oh, yeah. Right. They're just going right. to. Well, but, there, there are... But the cool part is, he's been all over the world. So, you know, yeah, yeah. us being paranormal investigators, we have questions about all over the world. Exactly. <laughs> My point, though, is I want to know about the paranormal stuff. I, I don't I don't care who he, you know, did or didn't sleep with or whatever. I don't care who you are as a person. Yeah, these, these things don't matter to me. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about that. Yeah, I know, I have to make fun. Yeah, those, those, that type of interview is not really what we for, do. For me, it's more, uh, what's the creepiest place you've been? And, and I actually... Country have to assume that he has been asked that question 800 bazillion times so i actually would really like for him to uh to do his own story on one of our episodes i absolutely agree like a a fourth story well here's the thing though is knowing that here once we wrap up the 50 states and we are halfway through the list i'd say um, knowing that we're probably going to start floating around to different countries, mm-hmm. knowing that he was on Ghost Hunters International. Well, he also gave me shows. a little tiny bit of a of a of a hint on some things. Um, because I am me, I invited him to Madison Seminary with us. Um, we don't have to step it up. <laughs> unfortunately, he is unable to attend. Buried the lead. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's also pretty fairly short notice for. With that, that said, though, the reason he is unable to attend is because he is stockpiling funds for his next project. So I'm very hopeful that he'll give us a little bit of a sneak peek on what he's doing. But he's saying new countries, new adventures. So I'm very excited yeah. to see what he's got mm-hmm. going on. Well, hopefully he won't be contractually bound to not say anything. I think not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, the, the point that I was getting at was uh, maybe depending on what story he wants to tell, if he picks a story, yes. maybe that's how we pick a country that we... And we will, we, him and I will discuss it. He is a very, very busy man. Um, he's that's got a lot all, going on right now. That's also what I was going to say is based on schedules, if for some reason we need to pause for an episode on the stage thing to do... Yeah, yeah. A country to more fit his sure sure time schedule. Whatever works for him is fine by me. And there there are so many there are so many investigators who I would absolutely love to, to have on the show yeah. and to hear about their experiences. Um, but absolutely, yeah. absolutely, there's people from all over the world that I would just. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm laughing because you guys just showed like us as a group <laughs> to where you two are like. Question, question, question. I'm like, so how are you doing? <laughs> right? What's up, buddy? How are you? <laughs> well, Sorry. let's face facts. Uh, that guy has gotten to and will continue to get to go to right. way more places than I could ever really, dream. Really, right. really cool places. I am, yeah, I would love to get in some of the places I got uh, and go centers in. I'm, I'm borderline like, envious. I mean, I'm not really envious of anybody, Jackson's but Castle. that is... Oh, man, I want to go so bad. I, I'm not envious of much, but uh, that there's, there's certain times where I wish I had Discovery Channel money, and I, I don't mean them paying him, I mean right, them right. funding the flights to yes, get over there. Yes. <laughs> Pretty yeah, sure I could yeah. afford a hotel room and all that, but I'm, flight, I'm going not so much. to I'm going to see what I can't pull together 
uh, for our next investigation and and seeing if I can get um, Rob on board. Yeah, I'll um, be done with it. Because oh, who, who would not want his many, many years of expertise uh, in a place with us? <laughs> Waverly and the other one we have to start working on? Yes. Trans-Allegheny? Yes. Let's see what happens, because I, I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. He is, he's been an investigator for a long, long time. He's got a lot of knowledge. He's seen a lot of shit. And um, the things that we could learn from him, I think, are pretty impressive. That's so, a better way of saying let's take advantage of that. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's yeah. learn from it. <laughs> let's learn from it. I, I want to see how he does things. I'm excited. And to be fair, to be able to share an investigation with somebody like that. Oh, yeah. Invaluable. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not just that, and it's not even learning just on our end, but he also would get to investigate with people that are a fresh set of eyes, really. True mm-hmm. enough. True enough. Hopefully that would be uh, invigorate, yeah. fun for him. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm gonna... better be like, these guys are dumb. Yeah, these guys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> also a possibility. It could uh, be. So anyway... Uh, on to the episode before it turns into a thick sode. Mm. All in all, I think we've actually been investigating longer than he has. Um, <laughs> but, uh, obviously, he has way more experience. So You should know you're never going to get the last word with her. Not ever. <laughs> so, on to the episode before it turns into a thick sode and my wife spirals out of control. Um, speaking of mountain monsters, I'm going to lead the podcast off. Woo! Alright, what do we get to hear about? Uh, first off, <laughs> first off, one thing that I want to spit to any of these paranormal investigators or any of these listeners that live in Louisiana, uh, I am going to take you into the swamp, mm-hmm. into the bayou. Okay. I am going to take you to a place where if you regularly go out and investigate these places, you are a braver person than I. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a tagline that anybody else would be scary as hell, but Teresa would be like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I, nope. Love Louisiana, not going anywhere near the buyer. <laughs> I hate spiders, so I'm not going. Homie don't play in the swamp at night, and uh-uh. homie also doesn't play in Appalachia at night. So, uh-uh. no, you know. <laughs> no, homegirl don't want to get eaten by weird shit. Uh, either way, so <laughs> in the. Rich dark tales from the bayou. Uh, if you talk to any local, they will describe with a straight face the Rougarou. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A monster that's made of moss that roams the marshes and the woods for wandering children to steal. Uh, sometimes they describe the creature as a ghost or spirit. Sometimes they describe him as the Cajun werewolf that dwells in the swamps and howls at the moon. Uh... If, Damn, on a Friday night. if the half-wolf beast uh, didn't terrorize you growing up in Louisiana, then perhaps it was the fearless ball of fire known in Cajun French as Fifolet. Mm-hmm. Uh, legend has it that the Fifolet was marsh gas that ignited uh, just long enough to look like a fire raising for the swamp. Uh, other locals insist that the ball of fire was actually a lightning bug that darted across the swamp surface in a flash of red and orange. Uh, some say that if you follow the light into the marsh, you'll never see daylight again. Me, I'm not taking my chances. Yep, no. Down here at the creek, we call those nanterflies. Mm. Let's go investigate. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's a brief and very 
gentle introduction of the swamp. There are plenty of folk tales and legends, like we were saying before, about how New Orleans, Louisiana in itself, is so legendary, folklorish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's folklore central. Yeah. Um. So either way, uh, growing up in Dulac. Children often hear neighbors spin stories of ghosts and spirits that haunt the bayou. Uh, there's a man named Kirby Verrett, who is a member of the Huma Nation in Dulac. Uh, says that one of the biggest reasons uh, in the small fishing village that it's so mysterious and crazy haunted is that too many people have mistakenly built home, homes atop ancient Indian burial sites. Uh, according to the state's archaeology division, 311 Native American archaeological sites have been recorded in Terraborne, or Terrebonne, Louisiana. I apologize for any mispronunciations ahead of time. I think we all do. <laughs> uh, so, 311 Native American archaeological sites in Terrebonne, and 109 in La Farouche. Uh, these sites include burial mounds as well as locations where American Indians are known to have lived. Uh, the state does not disperse exact locations of specific sites in an effort to protect them, which, uh, sad fact of the matter, is much like a lot of our western states. Uh, a lot of places in Appalachia. Uh, the bayou is actually big for homesteaders. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, people come around, people put up home sites, and they don't even know what they're putting their house on. Mm-hmm. And in an Shit. effort to protect it, by not saying it out loud, yeah. and not saying, please don't go here, like, mm-hmm. it just leads to more misfortune and more... Would you like this over here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, it's not haunted. <laughs> so, one of the more somber oral history of hauntings uh, surrounds the Mauvais Bois Ridge, uh, southwest of Bayou de Large, uh, near Lake Decade. Uh, that grim account has been passed down by generations of the United Huma Nation families. Uh, first, Mauvais Bois is French for bad woods. Uh, Say that again, Lois. Mave Bois. Mave Bois. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Louisiana, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I yeah. probably am. It's fine. I don't correct you the spelling and we still can't pronounce it. He's <laughs> uh, uh, been haunted since Jean, uh, Jean, Jean Lafitte's right hand man, Vincent Gombe, discovered the ridge while trying to find a route near the Mississippi River that the British might use to wield an attack during the Battle of New Orleans, or so history goes. Uh, Jean Lafitte, by the way, uh, was a very well-known pirate in that time and era. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So, American Indians living on the ridge helped Gombe sink a ship, the Josephine, and cut down cypress trees from one end of the woods to the other so that a barricade could be formed and the British could not cross. Bayou Penchant. Uh, says Kirby Verrett, uh, my ancestors in the village helped him do the blockade, uh, and we were so cooperative that they feared that when the British showed up that we would unblock it. 
<laughs> so, in return, uh, Mr. Gabi killed part of the whole village, but didn't kill the whole village. Some of them survived. So Thanos did, got to. Mm. Right. He's like, hey, help me do this thing. Oh, you were a little bit too uh, eager to help. I, I don't trust you when the enemies come floating. Um, That's one time laziness saved you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Joe, right? Joe didn't do it. <laughs> hey, I'm not lazy. Uh, to this day, Verrett said that the oil workers have tried to do business along the ridge, uh, but have been scared away because of a massive amount of lives lost in 1814 is when this happened, uh, and the spirits that continue to linger over the land. Uh, in the late 1920s and 1930s, while crews were digging a canal for an oil drinking reel, uh, the dredging machines upturned bones buried deep beneath the soil. Uh, in the 1980s, the Mauvais Bois Massacre was discussed among a group of deer hunters, and Gambi's sunken ship was mentioned. Uh, Verrett had said his mother, who was born in 1926 and could not read or write, overheard this the conversation and scrawled the name Josephine on a napkin. Uh, she, his explanation for this was that she must have seen it on uh, seen the name on the ship uh, while fishing in the area uh, back when it was still sticking out of the ground. Uh, the ship has never been found, by the way. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the story of Mauvais Bois Ridge. Interesting. And the bayou. I love it. Yeah, you weren't kidding on the shore. Alright. <laughs> I told you, I wasn't going to go along yeah, this time. I got you. Uh, and don't get me wrong, like there's like lists of like, and they're all like yeah, so, I've seen it. Yeah, one or two extra. Uh, I found this on a website. It's called humatoday.com. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it's a Native American website that, yeah. that originally founded it or whatever. Um, and in this article, there are literally like probably 10 to 15 places that all just have microchasm stories. And that was the one of the longest of the stories that I could find. Yeah, I got you. So they, she saw the ship and then they never found the ship? Uh, so apparently at one time, um, I don't know whether it was because of, you know, take today, nowadays, you drive by certain rivers, you drive by certain lakes, and you can see how, like, the water's receding, yeah. and it's down so far. So at one time, apparently, the ship was uncovered. Okay. But... And then the waters came back up and covered it back up. Also, it's a swamp, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's Never not exactly tested. the friendliest of... Yeah, we're just... <laughs> Putting down the river. Right. I got you. And yeah. if we know anything about those bayou shows, you can get lost in the swamp really. Oh, yeah. Oh, they say it all the time on there. Like, if you don't know where you're going, you're, yeah, you just, will just, get lost. If you don't know where you're going, don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a guide. Just, just don't. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> so, for, for a minute, though, I actually thought you were going to tell us some stories about the uh, Rougarou. So did I, actually. When you said Rougarou, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I get to hear Because um, it sounds like you're saying something else like scary. And don't get me wrong, I would, but so, like, there are very specific things that I stayed away from when, like, looking at Louisiana. Well, I think uh, everybody knows the stories about the Rougarou. Everybody knows the Rougarou stories. Oh, yeah, uh, well, what, yeah. what was, was that also where the guy did... 
was it Louisiana where the guy did the film Skunk Ape? Yes. <coughs> uh, it's like an old 1970s film. Yeah, it's yeah. very And it's supposedly based on a true story. Man, I never saw it. Or heard of it, actually. Um, Skunk Ape? Skunk Ape. So, it was... Oh, gosh. Was that... Was that off of, like... Like... I want to say it was off, like, Pontchartrain? Um, off that direction? I can't remember. I, promised. Uh, I would like to tell you, but I don't want to misquote it. <laughs> <laughs> I could be way wrong. Anyway, though. <laughs> it was in a more well-known spot. I can tell you that, but... You guys don't know how much we actually struggle with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, and yeah. So, anyway. But, no, yeah. So, like, the Rougarou and, like, so Marie Laveau was off the table for me. Oh, like, yeah, to yeah, start, yeah. you know. I just wanted to stay away from the big, famous folklore stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, everybody knows about the Voodoo Queen. Um, everybody's got a different story. It wasn't yeah. something I wanted to cover. Now that said, me just touching on the river was like just inviting the creepiness of the fucking oh, swamp so in the bayou. Gonna, so to add the part of it that I do, uh, it's also known as the loop guru, which loop is is well, the word for wolf and guru is Ruguru man is, who turns into an animal. So guru is the guru <coughs> is the Cajun French version. Loop Guru is directly is French. a French. Yeah. Real time fact here. Yeah. <laughs> Let me prove you wrong. <laughs> Can't help myself. So um, I stepped up just a little bit north of, of the bayou, actually, and I went down into Shreveport. So Shreveport has got uh, this very beautiful old mansion called the Logan Mansion. Uh, and that is the one that I decided to cover. So, yeah. did you hear of it? Yeah, no, that, 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 sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No? That I heard about this one on a TikTok that I was researching. A African-American, what do they call them, influencer? Or what are they, a TikToker or something like that? Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, a social person on there said, did that. And she said, this, speaking of plantations, that should have been burnt to the fucking ground. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's Yeah. <laughs> So, Logan Mansion was not actually one of those mansions. I'm just reciting the word. So, that influencer is influencing uh, the wrong way. So, Logan Mansion, for starters, was not in a state house. It was a standard home, not an incredibly huge structure, actually. It was about 4,965 square foot, to be exact. So it was a very nice size home, but most definitely not, you know, one of those Louisiana yeah. plantation yeah. houses. Um, the, the decor, the design, obviously it's a historic gem. Um, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot about it. So I, of course, referred back to my very favorite website, hauntedhouses.com, that will tell you a whole lot about lots of different places in lots of different states. Um, I went through several different websites to capture all of the information that I needed, but here's where we're gonna start. So, the decorative Victorian Logan Mansion. Um, amazing street appeal, it is lovely, it is honestly, it's a very, it's got like one of those big, beautiful Romeo and Juliet style balconies yeah. off the front of the house. I always 
Oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Uh, there's two floors plus a huge attic space that you can actually walk into. It's like, you know, actually, even you wouldn't hit your head, Joe. Um, the th <laughs> I know. It's, it's like stand-up stuff. It's crazy. Four bedrooms, uh, two full baths, two half baths. These were obviously added on during the home's 118-year history. Uh, it was built in 1897. Um, as visitors walk up the steps, there's a fabulous wooden door with an impressive uh, wooden decor around the door, a porch area right beside the front door. Uh, the Logans designed a grand space outside for visitors before you walk into the grand foyer. Nicely done. All right. The woodwork is stunning, um, and it's obviously all throughout the house. Uh, there are 12-foot ceilings in every single room, which is why I said you're not going to hit your head. Uh, there's a library, a parlor, a formal dining room, a den, obviously the walk-up attic, gorgeous fireplaces throughout the home, uh, stained glass throughout the home. Um, gosh, there's just so much. So... In 1844, in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, a what they believe French descent man by the name of Lafayette Logan uh, was born. Uh, they believe that he might have been the son or the grandson of Robert F. Logan, uh, who was a uh, very, very successful merchant. He grew up as a very successful merchant as well, uh, made a very, very nice living distributing beer and manufacturing ice. Oh, two nice. things which were uh, major necessities and highly appreciated by the uh, citizens of Shreveport. Ice cold beer. Oh, beer yeah. and ice. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, hand in hand. Lafayette married the love of his life, a woman by the name of Lavinia Say. She was born in, in 18, 1858, and she came from a huge family with a lot of children. Uh, Lavinia and Lafayette desperately wanted children. And over the years, they tried. They, they definitely had a couple of very, very minor successes where several of them passed away in very new infancy, and then a whole lot didn't make it at all. Uh, so they ended up never having children of their own. Uh, in 1897, Lafayette Logan had the money to build his dream house on Austin Place, uh, very good neighborhood, not far from downtown. He hired a very famous architect named Nathaniel Sykes Allen in 1897 to, to design this three-story home with all sorts of bells and whistles. Uh, it was absolutely the most beautiful house of its time. Um, Lavinia Say Logan, uh, she passed away in 1913 at the age of 54. Uh, Lafayette continued to live there as a widower, uh, and he passed away six years later in 1919. Uh, they believe that the home was inherited. Uh, they're, they're not sure if it was by one of the extraordinarily large family of Lavinia, or if it was a distant family member of Lafayette's. Uh, but eventually, uh, the beautiful Logan home uh, once again was on the real estate market. Besides being a private home, the Logan Mansion needed to be put to work, so it became a boarding house for teachers. At some point, a church moved in, uh, using the huge attic as a 15 f with the 15-foot roof as a sanctuary, the bedrooms as offices, uh, maybe a rectory was in there as well, 
common areas were perfect for meetings and Sunday school. Needless to say, the Logan Mansion was updated to meet the needs of the people and organizations who moved into this gorgeous structure. It was not allowed to become a woe-be-gone shabby fixer-upper opportunity waiting an appointment with a wrecking ball. Thank goodness. Uh, at some point there was a radio station in there, shared some space with a bunch of other commercial retailers. Um, it was put on the market uh, again um, as an as-is for sale in 2005. It was purchased by Billy and Vicki Lebrun, uh, who took the challenge. They restored and renovated, uh, and they um, basically put it back to Lafayette and Lavinia's dream home, exactly what it had started at. Obviously, this took, and, and I'm quoting here, because it took a buttload of money <laughs> and right. years of work to restore this grand old mansion, Mr. and Mrs. LeBron also put the old mansion to work, uh, offering tours, Halloween tours, murder mystery dinners. Uh, they opened up the huge attic for receptions and banquets, and they used the smaller spaces for smaller parties. Uh, their tours were very, very unique. Uh, it's not, not only... Uh, did tour participants hear and see all the historical restoration projects, but they also had full access to all of the rooms and spaces. Uh, done or not done, didn't matter, they were still allowed in. Vicki stated in an article on Louisiana Spirit's weblog, uh, we go through the entire house, the attic, and even the junk rooms that aren't done, she said. People find it interesting to see how the house was, and what we're doing, and what we're going to do. Um, the last project done at the Logan Mansion before Mr. LeBron passed was they put on a uh, new roof for $32,000 and an HVAC system for $10,000. So quite a bit of money to keep this place beautiful. In 2018, Billy LeBron passed away. Vicki put the house back on the real estate market in May of 2019 uh, because the maintenance was honestly just too much for one person. And Billy uh, did not want Vicky to stay there uh, by herself um, after he passed. So the house sold in late summer of 2019, and the new owners uh, are continuing to do um, exactly that, maintaining and restoring and uh, basically doing tours and all that good stuff. So one of the interesting stories of this house uh, comes with the spirit of Theodora Hunt. So Theodora was an 11 year old girl who actually lived um, next door. She, her father was a pretty prominent doctor. Uh, it did not have a mother. She had passed on. Um, and Dr. Hunt didn't honestly pay a whole heap of attention to his daughter. He was a very, very busy man. He wasn't a bad man, he was just a busy man. So for her to be able to go over and spend time with uh, Lafayette and Lavinia was kind of amazing for everybody. Free babysitter, she was getting love and care, and they had a child hanging around the house, which they absolutely loved because they couldn't have one of their own. Um, unfortunately, there are lots and lots of stories surrounding how or why this happened, but one day, um, Theodora, unfortunately, took a dive out of the third story window and obviously didn't make it. Yeah. Ah, there it is. That's the downturn in the story I was waiting to hear. 
Right. I was happy, <laughs> happy, and now all of a sudden. Oh, no, there's a death. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, she adores playing in the attic. You can often hear a child giggling. Uh, she'll open and close doors, even locked doors. Uh, she's been known to lock Vicky out of the house. Uh, Vicky will scold her, and the spirit calms down a little bit, but not for super long periods of time. She moves items and puts them in odd places, so the living knows where that she is there. Uh, the workmen, doing the restoration work and painting jobs, um, say that Theodora will take their tools and their paint can lids uh, and hide them. She plays in the bedrooms, um, exploring there. There's a music box in one of the rooms that plays all by itself. Um, jewelry boxes and makeup bags are not put back exactly where they were. <laughs> Things are out of them or in a different spot. Or she's looking for makeup. Yeah, she's just she's being a kid. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> she is fascinated with electricity. Uh, plays with lots and lots of lights. Um, from lamps to overheads to uh, ceiling fans to the whole nine yards. She plays with toilet paper rolls in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> almost like a cat would do, so maybe a little annoying on that one. Uh, she uh, there's lots and lots of disembodied voices. They can hear her singing, humming, giggling, sometimes saying words. Uh, just just kind of depends on the day. Uh, there are a couple of other spirits in the house as well, but they are not incredibly certain who they are. Uh, could be the original owners. One of them is a, uh, definitely an adult female <clears throat> who has been... Um, seen and heard uh, with a friendly disembodied voice uh, inspecting silverware in the kitchen to make sure that it's clean and spot free. Um, it's Ezra. Exactly. It's our kid. It's my son. It's Ezra. And there is <laughs> a male voice that gives a very um, friendly and warm southern welcome yelling hey when people walk into the house. Hmm. Neat, right? Just like, hey! <laughs> apparently, it's a very, <coughs> it's a very welcoming thing. Apparently, he's he's never been mean. Yes. Um, so they they do in fact think that that might be uh, Lafayette and and Lavinia's spirits in the home, just just enjoying their home. Um. So yeah, yeah, they are fun, and the little spirit of Theodora has a blast entertaining herself. Um. Just keeping everybody on their toes. Uh, they've had lots and lots of experiences, and at this point, um, the owners actually keep a full-on journal uh, just to kind of document all the sights and sounds. Uh, but yeah, pretty neat, huh? That's cool. I dig that one. Yeah, it's a lighthearted. It's a lighthearted one. Spirits one. aren't aren't awful. Uh, Sometimes. <laughs> right. With that said, that you know how, you know how crazy I am about, you know, talking yes. about right exactly, <laughs> historic places and how it's so very yeah. very important for us to, yeah. to preserve and maintain historic places. Well, this is one of those places that was lovingly, um, kept and gathered and, and restored. Um, another place in Louisiana that I was actually going to talk about was uh, Lebeau Plantation. Mm. It unfortunately. Um, time and 
human interference and lack of anybody seizing the moment to actually you know take advantage of time money or efforts to restore this place led to it basically just just becoming absolutely destroyed uh, over time just just standard standard decay you know but then um, worse than that uh, June 26th of 1986 um, there was an act of arson I don't know that they ever caught the person um, some of the residents caught fire and was pretty badly damaged and then on November 22nd of 2013 there were uh, seven intoxicated so-called paranormal investigators between the ages of 17 and 31 two words that never mix <laughs> right who went searching for ghosts inside of the building uh, they got aggravated by their lack of success and they set it on fire burning it to the absolute ground so we lost an amazing piece of history um, because of stupid fox. Well, that's your turn. Well, I mean, that's history in a nutshell. Yeah, I hate <laughs> it. I hate it so much. Don't be a stupid fox. Yeah. Okay, we can talk about something else now. That was it? Oh, that's it. I just wanted to rant a little bit. Oh, all right. <laughs> but yes, no, um, um, the Logan Mansion, beautiful place. Right. Highly recommend. Tours are still available. <coughs> All right, so you got you guys definitely had short stories this week. Mm-hmm. Was it done on purpose? No. Because I felt like you guys would have had a lot more with this. No, I just really like this one. Right. Yeah, I actually just picked what was fun. I didn't really yeah. aim for short or long. Right. It's just. No, I was just wondering, because normally, like, you guys last week sounded like, oh, man, Louisiana, yes, it's a... And so I thought maybe you would have found, like, a college course or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm good for those. Yeah. No, not this. Thesis. <laughs> um, no, listen, to be fair, like, the problem with Louisiana is trying... Oh, I know what you're It's that every house has it. its own story, and trying to find one that's not the Myrtles or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now, that's why I went with my story. I mean, the Myrtles is fantastic. They've 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 said that there's at least fourteen separate spirits that haunt the plantation. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, but, that's not me taking away from them. I, oh I, no, it's amazing. Yeah, great. That's, 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 great. that's right. Everybody knows yeah. about the Myrtles plantation. Everyone knows about uh, well, a lot of these places. To be fair, even the things you guys talked about, I know they've heard of mine, but even the things that you guys have talked about. They probably heard of. Oh, for well. sure. So the it's like mansion for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So yes, yeah, so this is what we said on the porch. There's not one story that you could just look at and be like, nobody, ah, but nobody's heard yeah, of this nobody's one. Nobody's ever heard of this. I'm Let me do this. this. Yeah, doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. So you know what? Going back to what you said at the beginning of the episode, what I would say is, I wouldn't say that Louisiana is probably the most haunted state. I would say that it's probably the most famously haunted state. Yeah. Per capita, they may actually have more ghosts than living people. I mean, that's I mean, do they fair. Look, I'm not trying to argue the place isn't haunted. I'm is just there a census of those? <laughs> so it is uh, illegal in the state of Louisiana to sell a home without stating whether or not it's haunted. Oh, well, that's everywhere. No. No, it's not. Don't have to tell you in Ohio. Nope. I thought they did. Nope. Or no, no, no. It's if they died in the house. Never mind. No, actually, you don't have to disclose it then either unless it was a violent death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So, all right. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Louisiana's not the only state where they have to disclose yeah. it, but they, it, it's not all of them. Yeah. 
No, I was thinking, I was mixing up with the, if someone died, actually died in the house, if there was a death in the house. So, alright, so I guess it's on to me then. And so sorry I had to fact check that one. California, Alaska, and South Dakota are the only ones where you actually have to say whether or not someone has passed in the home. Okay. What are you going to do on the day that me and Alex actually have something to say that you cannot fact check because we were right about it? But then I'll just say, cool. <laughs> no, you'll be sitting there like, say something else, say something else. <laughs> no. I quit the show. Teresa can read three stories. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so let's get on to mine. So I, like Alex and like Teresa, looking through the stories, they were all popular. Everybody knew and There was tons of information about everything. Kind of was like, meh. Can't really find one that sticks out. And then I saw one that caught my interest. And yes, it's well known. It's Madame LaLaurie. Ooh. Uh, you already know about it. Thank you for that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, playing up for the fucking population here, Joe. Yeah, right? I know, I know. That's why I said thank you. It is a phenomenal story. Um, We're the people of podcasters. But. <laughs> the people. Yeah, okay, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. No wrestling reference. <laughs> yeah, right. Raise an eyebrow. Uh, so, yes, with this story, looking it up. Everybody knows it. Everybody kind of already done the research on it. There's been multiple people to ghost on this. Uh, but one thing caught my eye with it. And it reminded me of the movie The Human Centipede. That's disgusting. Because, let me delve into the story a little bit. Um, Madame LaLaurie was originally... Madame LaLaurie was not her actual name. Madame came letter. Her original name was Delphine. Mm-hmm. And there is mm-hmm. some discrepancy on whether or not it was McCarthy or McCarthy. There was two. Yeah. So I think it was one of those, like, couldn't pronounce it kind of things. Yeah. Um, but the mansion actually where they lived actually sits at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter of New Orleans, Louisiana. And it's said to be one of the most haunted places in what is called the most haunted city in the United States. In fact, the building does host some ghostly entities. If comes as no surprise that the proper property property's history is brutally horrible. Mm. Uh, actually, in a New Orleans newspaper, I believe it's called the New Orleans Bee, on April 11th in 1834, one onlooker from the massacre that happened there has been quoted as saying, the conflagration at the house occupied by the woman LaLaurie is like discovering one of those atrocities in, the, in which the details seem to be incredible for human belief. I wonder if they had a shovel. Right. That they more, most likely did. <laughs> 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 Sorry, you sidetracked me with that one. That was hilarious. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, because in the video when I looked this up, the dude had a shovel, and that was my first thought. I'm like, oh, he brought a shovel. Uh, we'll explain that later. All right, so, uh, Madame Delphine McCarthy Lalori was a wealthy New Orleans socialite and notorious enslaver. And mind you, this story, if you are squeamish or if you don't like certain words, I'll try my best not saying because a lot of these articles have it in them. But if you're squeamish, turn away now. Uh, That's my disclaimer. Uh, But she was a famous enslaver, and her and her husband, Dr. Leonard Louis Nicholas LaLaurie, what is it with all these people on like four names, uh, bought the property in 1831 from Esmond Sonite Dufossett which is what I'm going to call it, which included a house already under construction, and he had finished it for them in, in 1832. It was a two-story mansion, and it was completed with attached slave quarters. Now, a little bit on the madame. 
Uh, she was born in March 19th, 1787 in New Orleans during the Spanish colonial period. She was one of five children born to Louis Bartholomew de McCarthy. These people in their names. And their, their mom. Both of whom were prominent <laughs> New Orleans Euro- European Creole community. Which, as we know, New Orleans had a huge Creole community down there. Mm. Uh, when she grew up, she married Don Ramon de Lopez Angolio. Wow. Uh, a high-ranking Spanish royal officer in the St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans in and on of June 11th, 1800. In 18, 1804, after the United States had acquired the territory in the Louisiana Purchase, Don Ramon was called back to Spain. When he and Delphine, who was pregnant, stopped in Cuba, Don Ramon died. Uh, a few days later, Delphine gave birth to her daughter and soon returned to New Orleans. On June, uh, in June 1808, uh, Delphine married Jean Blanc, a prominent banker, merchant lawyer, and legislator. The couple would eventually have four children, but Jean died in 1816. So just keep on date, she was single on 1804, married in 1808, dude died in 1816, and then in 1825, she married again. You can't yeah, help yeah, that shit. Yeah. Well, maybe she did, but maybe not the first one. Mm-hmm. said he got sick. Oh, so okay. maybe he had something to do with it. There was a Unless lot of... Unless it was sick from, you know, being poisoned. Where, for Spanish fly or something like that. Spanish There's bitch that was poisoned in him, maybe. Me. No, there's also a thing called Spanish fly. Either way... Either way. It's sketchy. Yeah. Uh, on June 25th, 1825, Delph- Delphine married her third husband, uh, physician Leonard Louis Nicolas, Nicolas Lalaurie, mm. who was much younger than her. Yeah. So she wanted the younger version. Wasn't it like like 20 years younger? I didn't actually say so. Yeah, it was quite, I it think was it was a lot, a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. But back lot. in those days, that was like... Right, nobody gave nothing, a shit. Nothing to it. Uh, the couple had two daughters. In 1831, she brought the, bought the property... At 1140 Royal Street, which she managed in her own name with little involvement from her husband. The two-story mansion was finished the next year, complete with beautiful chandeliers, intricate carvings, and wrought iron bolstrades. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Here she maintained the central position in New Orleans society, hosting lavish parties for other socialites who enjoyed the fine food and champagne. So she had a bar. All right. (laughs) So... All in all, she seems like a pretty clear-cut, you know, had been married three times, which, by the way, if you're married three times in the 1800s or 1700s, it's not a good look. <laughs> right. It, some things are looked frowned upon back then that aren't now. Uh, nowadays, it's like, hey, you're weathered. You probably should be good for another marriage. Back then, you're an old hag. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but she's a rich old hag. So. Right. So they kind of <laughs> turned a blind eye. Uh, so, alright. However, the marriage began to have problems. Shocker. And in November 1832, Delphine positioned the court for a separation, claiming that Dr. LaLaurie had treated her in such a manner that rendering their living together unsupportable. Uh, claims which her son and two of her daughters backed up. So, so, all the time this is happening, problems are happening at home, she petitions for, you know, an annulment of sorts. Uh, rumors started to circulate that she was mistreating her slaves. Mm-hmm. And this is what kind of also struck out to me, and I mentioned it to these two earlier. The mistreatment of slaves back in the time of slavery's heyday is not a thing you hear about. Right. 
you hear about it now, but back then, uh, you didn't really hear about it. And to specify, <coughs> what I'm sure he means here is the investigation of the mistreatment of slaves. We all know that right. slaves were mistreated well, yeah, back I said then. That. So, yeah, it's just <laughs> the idea that that the vast majority of the time, it it came off as if. You know, nobody investigated. That it was just common behavior, and that was perfectly fine to be a dick to your slaves. Yes. Right. So, they hired an investigator to go and look into the mistreatment of these slaves, which, like I said, was... You don't know anybody... I've never heard of that before in my life. Right. So, and this is the point I'll make with it. If somebody noticed it was that bad, that they had to send an investigator in a time where nobody gave a shit about them, how bad really was it? Yeah, like, like crap. <laughs> like, crazy one. That had to be horrific for somebody to be like, you know what? I think they're mistreating them yeah, people. Yeah, that doesn't sound right to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all do it, but that seems really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> to go that route. She took it a step far. <laughs> right. <coughs> um, That's fucked up. So, uh, the reports of them looking haggard and wretched was reported. Uh, however, when the public, Delphine LaLaurie, was generally polite to the slaves and salutations to them and always at the forefront of their health and all that. So again, in public, she's being a stand up front kind mm-hmm. of figure, but behind the scenes, she's not who totally she said she was. Yes. Uh, but r- the rumors continued and finally the reports sufficiently widespread that a local lawyer was dispatched to the, to the house and in 1832 to remind LaLaurie of the laws for the upkeep of slaves. Mm. However, during the visit, the lawyer found nothing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he said he found no evidence of wrongdoing or mistreatment. But again, money talks, bullshit walks. Facts. So he could have went in there and she'd be like, hey, slipped them a hundred or and whatever they used for currency back then. He's like, oh, yeah, you're good. Yeah. You know. uh, so with all these rumors and everything going around, Nobody wanted to hang out with her anymore. Well. So her socialite parties went away. No one was eager to participate in social events with this family. So after the lawyer's visit, a neighbor reported that one of Delphine's slaves, a girl about 10 years old, fell to, fell to her death from the rooftop of the Royal Street Mansion while trying to avoid punishment from a whip-wielding LaLaurie. Oh, damn. The girl, whose name was Leah, I believe I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that right, Leah or Leah, Leah, yeah. Leah, was buried in the mansion's grounds. Allegedly, this incident led to the investigation of the Lolores, who were found guilty of illegal cruelty and were forced to forfeit nine of their slaves, who were later returned to them. Oh, Jesus. That's super. So, so is that what the one... Uh, so, I don't think that it's bad, as bad as that sounds. I don't necessarily know that... So... On the website that I was looking at, it was that they were released, and then they bought them right back. <laughs> that's, yes, <laughs> she purchased them directly back, right. It was, well, just, that's disgusting. But, <laughs> it's uh, disgusting that they would even allow that. Well, I mean, that back in the time. They didn't care. Yeah, they just who, didn't care. They, they didn't value their life. Right. So it was just like, yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah, you mistreated them, we took them away, but... Pfft have them back here we'll even give you a discounted price that's disgusting uh, objectification mm-hmm. yeah so other stories that Delore had kept her cook chained into the kit or to the kitchen stove and when her daughters attempted to feed her she beat them as well 
This could be the reason that several people reported that Madame Delory's daughter seemed to be very quiet and very pale. <laughs> yeah. If you get beat a lot, you don't. You tend to not talk. <laughs> you know, they call that trauma nowadays. Uh, funeral registers between 1830 and 1834 documented the deaths of 12 slaves at the Royal Street Mansion, although the causes of the death were not mentioned. Uh, these deaths include a cook and a laundress named Bonnie and her four children. Court records also show that the LaLaurie freed two of her slaves, one named Jean-Louis, and in 1819, and another called De Vinci in 1832. I don't know why my voice cracked there. Uh, on April 10th, 1834, a fire broke out at the LaLaurie Mansion. When the police and firefighters got there, they found the blaze had started in the kitchen where they discovered 70-year-old cook... Let's do that. Uh, 70-year-old cook chained to the stove by her ankle. Uh, later, she told the authorities that she had set the fire as a suicide attempt because she feared being punished. She also told them that when slaves were taken to the uppermost room, they never came back. Oh, Jesus. Uh, through the Lori, though the Lorries were separated, Dr. Lori, Dr. LaLaurie was present at the Royal Street house at, house at the day of the fire. Bystanders responded to the fire and attempted to enter the slaves' quarter to ensure everyone had been evacuated. When the McLaurys refused to give them the keys, the bystanders broke down the door to the slave quarters and found seven slaves, more or less, horribly mutilated. Uh, suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other uh, who claimed to have been imprisoned there for some months uh, others said that their slaves were emaciated showed signs of being flayed with a whip were bound in restrictive postures and wore spiked iron collars rumors also abounded that dead bodies were found in the attic with their corpses mutilated beyond recognition and also that's one of the things that originally caught my attention with this because they said and what reminded me of the movie uh, they said one of the corpses was configured in a crab like state uh, yeah so, so whether or not that was the madam or the doctor and I, I did actually hear um, a sub portion of a story saying that like the doctor was every bit as guilty as she was because yeah. he would like perform <coughs> really disgusting like well, experiments on them, basically. Well, let's face it. Doctors back in the day, for lack of a better term, they kind of had to experiment. We used to doctors. Yeah. They had to experiment on some things to find out. Now, I'm not sure. saying what they did was right, because it is not right whatsoever. You right. shouldn't do that to humans, alive or dead. But yeah, I, I, humans being mutilated into... Weird figures and corpses, kind of. No, that's a little different, right? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not voodoo practices. That's not a lobotomy. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's again, it's not voodoo practices. That's that's someone who's got a sick mind that knows how to operate on a human body. <laughs> like, right. So, what um, if they were to taxidermy? Besides, oh, that's fucked up. I knew that was gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. This judge Jean Francois, come. Noge, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't know. I'm not pronouncing his last name. Uh, was one of the bystanders that, in, bystanders that entered the mansion, and he said he had found... They used some colored termination here, which I'm not going to use. Uh, they found people wearing an iron collar and an old woman who had received a very deep wound on her head and who was too weak to be able to walk. Uh, 
He also said that when he questioned the Lord's husband about the slaves, he was told in an insolent manner that some people had better stay at their home rather than come to other people's houses and dictate laws and meddle with other people's business. Oh, wow. The balls. So he was literally <laughs> told to mind his own. Wow. The straight up balls on that dude. Wow. <laughs> Your house is on fire. We just found all these dead people trying to help you out. You tell me I should mind my own business? You know what? The, so that leads me to believe, like, I mean, part of the thing that you were questioning already, like, or the, the article had questioned you and the article both. Um, so as much as we've heard about Madame LaLaurie, right? Right. Um, and it should be reiterated that her nickname was the Cruel Mistress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for as long as she lived in that house, and, and we do know that there are accounts of, you know, some of the girls that were whipped when it was a girls' school, mm. uh, saying she did it. Yeah. If her, though he lived there for a short time, husband just walked up and talked to a judge like that, like, who was worse? Yeah. yeah. Well, they might have, remember, and here's the weird part, they were separated at the time. Wow. You remember she had petitioned yeah. for that divorce? Right. So they weren't actually together. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, yeah. And he's still like, mind your own. <laughs> so, it, it might have been at that point, like, you know what, she's driving me down far enough, I'm just going to go with it. Right. <laughs> and, again, it goes back to the whole thing of how she was in public. Before all these rumors started to spread, she was viewed as a very polite, very open-minded, That's very amazing. wealthy, and a good person all around. But behind closed doors, yeah. a monster. As a matter of fact, that judge also, in that article in the New Orleans Bee on April 11th in 1834, quoted this, Upon entering one of the apartments, the most appalling spectacle met their eyes. Seven slaves, more or less horribly mutilated, were seen suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched in form uh, hold on I already read that part uh, that's not where he said it with that anyways he said they were owned not by a human but by a monster Ugh. because yes and like I said it could have been both of them doing it because he passed on and yes she practiced voodoo so yeah she'll go a little bit but as far as I know the voodoo practice doesn't uh, no, it's not really like isn't, right. Isn't necessarily an evil, right. horrible thing. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is they don't go into the mutilation of the body. Right. Yeah. Because of the old adage of if you do something to someone, yeah, it comes right. back. It's right. not really. That's not really. And then I realized that we're on a podcast, and nobody can see my hair moving. So I. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What strikes me the most about that is that you know you have you have stories like that, and you talk about these these laws um, that slavers had to follow but uh, I mean the long and short of it is that you people they enslaved people were entitled to be clothed and fed right. um, the murder of an enslaved person was in fact punishable but other than that you had to like really really somebody somebody had to see what was going on there had to be some seriously solid evidence because enslaved persons, uh, did not have the ability to testify no. or even accuse. Yeah, because they weren't viewed as human. So exactly. They, they, their opinion so there, there was literally nothing that they could do legally against cruel slavers. Well, let's be 100% realistic. Uh, 
in that time period, in you know, between the 1790s and the 1830s in New Orleans, uh, that's the closest America would have ever gotten to like actual like yeah. monarch nobility. Yeah, true. And you know, those people had the money to say, "Hey, no, you didn't see that." Well, they. It, it, to be fair, they weren't they weren't really necessarily Americans back then. It was run by uh, the French mainly. So, yeah, they still have kings and queens in France. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's she was married to one of them. So, yeah, yeah, she was considered French royalty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so literally they basically couldn't touch her for the yeah. most part. Exactly. Well, was, the, yeah. that's the funny part because she actually fled when everything was coming down. Huh? And they actually never arrested her. I'm not she surprised. lived her life in France and died there at the age of, I think, 62. That's fucked up. So she never came back to the United States, never was prosecuted. They she could never not even got touch what her. she deserved. Now, it doesn't say what happened to the to the husband, though. Don't know. It, it never actually is like, after he said that, like, he just disappeared. Uh, Interesting. So I, I think that was a little bit of Southern justice. <laughs> I would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the house has since... The one that's there now was not the one that LaLaurie actually lived in because it become dilapidated, fell down, they had to rebuild it. Uh, one thing that I didn't know about it was Nicolas Cage actually owned it for a while. He did. Yeah. But then when he started to fall on hard times, he sold it. Yeah, uh, bankruptcy. Yeah. And there's there's a lot more I could get into this with this story with that crazy witch of a woman. Uh, but yeah, she is definitely... Something was up with that. Like, something's not right. Uh, and like I said, back in those times, the whole appearance outside but behind closed doors, she literally acted like the Red Queen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a popular thing yeah. in, in that era, though. <laughs> right. Right. And, and that's, the thing, that's what hierarchies did. Right. So, who's to say that first marriage, when she was into that, didn't start all of it? Right. What if the her first husband that died? What if that was her first victim, Black Widow? It's very true. I mean, she seems to have a history of this shit. So death seems to follow her all over the place. I <laughs> couldn't tell you. Right, right, no, it's all theory now because we don't know. Ah, uh, but yeah, that was my story in a shortened version of it because, like I said, there was too much to get into, and I just hit the higher points of it. Ah, uh, trust me, I'm aware. Yeah. One of the reasons I was like, it's all yours. I was like, There's a you lot. know what? I was like, I was the one that did the 40-minute episode last week. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And I am a big fan of keeping it a below 60 minutes. <laughs> uh, because I know how bored I get after about an hour. I'm just like, start trailing off. But yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's just a shame. And like I said, there was a lot of eye-opening problems or eye-opening experiences in that story because... I didn't even know there was laws to protect the upkeep of slaves back in the day. Um, I figured I, it was one of those things that was just on the book, but never actually practiced. Like I, backing I out of your know. driveway. <laughs> right. I did know that laws were um, were put into place for the treatment of slaves. Um, you know, closer to you know the nineteen hundred, the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Um, but I did not know that they existed prior to that. Right, and that was like. That was a big thing for me. I was like, yeah. I didn't know that they had it. Now, granted, it still made what they did wrong. Oh, oh God. But, <laughs> I mean, there were laws, and they were bare minimal. Yeah. 
that's what I said. It's like backing out of your driveway. Technically, it's illegal, but we all do it, and the cops just don't care about it. Exactly. They're just like, man. Right. Or like those dumb laws you look up on dumblaws.com. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like you can't ride a horse on the sidewalk in Columbus after dark or something right, like right. that. It's very strange. Well, here's the reality of any area that runs with nobility, especially back in that time. Um, it's not about what you do. It's about who you do it to. Yeah. Um, That's why... They- it could just as easily have been any broke or drunk person on the street and yep. if they were murdered the sheriff's just going to look the other way because there's no way that <laughs> no matter queen what's her face would did it. dirty herself with this and it didn't with that it didn't matter the color of the skin because they viewed everybody as underneath of them right right that's just the class society versus yes yeah. the class society like i am above you because i was born out of this vagina and you were born out of that one mm-hmm. makes no sense whatsoever but if someone screwed up mentality, yes, they're going to think that. Uh, but yeah, she was a f- fucked up individual. Like, in the head, but knew how to play a crowd. So uh, Most of them do, though. That's yeah. the sad fact, is most of them do. And it, they, they didn't classify her as a serial killer until recently. Now, whether I think that was just, you know, like, who cares? Right. But, yeah, I always thought that was funny that they never actually captured her. She actually died of natural causes in France. Still up. living a lavish life. It's by just, the way. That's it's disgusting. So she got away with everything. I mean, she's not now. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee she's paying for that shit. Uh, so yeah, that's my story. <laughs> Humans are insane. Absolutely that's insane. Why I don't like. Them. Yeah, no, they suck. Humans suck. Um, so what did we get tonight? We got the good, we got the bad, and we got the deep dark swamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't classify as mine as bad. We got the good, the horrible, and the deep dark swamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that entire story about... Uh, All right, maybe that was just playing my part. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a fucked up story. Um, and I can't even imagine the amount of uh, ghosts that probably linger because of the treatment. Oh, yeah, this is, there's a bunch of it there. I bet it's crazy. She, however, is not there. They said they've seen the doctor... The, the husband, but not her. Really? Yeah. So now I need to figure out what happened to him. If anybody knows. Yeah. Should I like I, to leave it open for questions. I want to know. Because that's what we always do. <laughs> Speaking uh, of stupid laws, though, did you know it's illegal to cheat at bingo in Ohio? You can be arrested. Really? Really? <laughs> What's the paranormal part of your story? <laughs> People cheating at bingo. <laughs> Brings up ghosts, man. <laughs> There's a ghost carrying behind her. Goes, she's cheating. She exactly. Split <laughs> so. forty-two. It's really a thirty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <coughs> what is it that we are doing next week? Da, da, da. Oh, you actually looked up on time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was scribbling down yeah. before we started. It, it wasn't notes. It was actually. All no, of the I ones just, that we've done and all of the ones that are on there. And listen, I played enough D&D with you to know when you roll a dice, something's up. Yeah. <laughs> so, next week, uh, we go out towards um, where a buddy of mine lives in Iowa. Didn't know you had any buddies in Iowa, but Iowa. All right. I have friends in Iowa. Oh, right. I was just wondering what the fuck is in Iowa. <laughs> corn. <laughs> Besides corn, yeah. Is corn. Eggs. 
chickens and chickens. <laughs> My friends in Iowa raise chickens, so yeah. Ooh. We'll look into that one later. So I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I googled. It's an axe murder house. That'll be fun. Anyway. So, socials. You can look us up on Facebook at No Lights Paranormal. Uh, you can uh, definitely join uh, X at <laughs> No Lights uh, Para or No Lights Ghost. Sorry. And, um, of course, email us if you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, or stories of your own. Or just want to shoot the breeze. And you can contact us at nolightsparanormal at gmail.com. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. 100%. So there we have it. Thank you, Louisiana. I had We fun. will see you next week, Iowa. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Thank you guys so yeah, very no, I much. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Sound like you had something to say there. <laughs> Louisiana was fun. That's all. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Take care. Have a good night. And remember, don't fuck with the Baba Yaga. You lick it. <laughs>